I want to start with a question that will hopefully uh, connect our time together this afternoon. What is your default response when you're tempted? Oh, I, I'm not tempted. Oh, I, I'm, I'm exempt from temptation. No, no, no. All of us are tempted. Amen? It's a reality of our lives. It's an inescapable truth. You log on to Twitter. You look on your Facebook. You go on the internet. In every area and arena of your life, temptation is a reality. Hebrews 4:15 tells us that Jesus himself was tempted in every way except sin. I want to talk about sexual purity in the house of God this afternoon. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Contrary to popular opinion, it is not a topic that is actually addressed and dealt with as often as we think that it is. So maybe today you're sitting there thinking, well, I'm actually a little complacent about this. This doesn't apply to me. Can I encourage you? Proverbs 1.32 says, the complacency of fools destroys them. Nobody is exempt from temptation. And it would be foolish to think that anyone is exempt from it, that we're not in danger of it. It doesn't apply, by the way, just to young people. As you get older, the temptation is still there if you entertain it. The American pastor Bill Johnson declared this about compromise. Compromise is the welcome mat of deception. Compromise often occurs subtly over time in your life where you gradually begin to permission thoughts, actions, activities, habits that ordinarily you would never have previously entertained and adopted. Your perspective, your standard, God's standard has somehow subsequently shifted. And today, my goal is really threefold. Amen? Restoration, returning to the Lord, and repentance. That's the goal. So I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to declare any words of knowledge for people that may be struggling because I recognize for some of us shame is a really big issue. But I pray today as we come around God's word that your heart will be open, that you can be free. You will not have to manage this struggle for the rest of your life. You can walk in complete wholeness and freedom in Christ sexually. Amen? Amen. Amen. Praise God. So I've got three things that I want to cover with you this afternoon. I want to start by reminding you that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Psalm 139 verse 14. Genesis 1, 26. We are made in his image and in his likeness. When we start our journey from a place of conviction, we grow. Conviction means that you're prepared to pay the price for that standard or that belief irrespective of the persecution, the ridicule, the shame, the embarrassment that you might have attached to it. So if you turn with me in your Bibles to Genesis 39. It's the story of Joseph and Potiphar's wife. It's a story I'm sure we all know well. I'm not going to read each and every verse, but broadly, he's in Potiphar's house. It would have been a huge compound. He is in charge of all the slaves in that house. The word declares seven times in that chapter, and the Lord was with Joseph. Can I start our conversation this afternoon, friends? God sees your struggles. I know that there are people in this room struggling with sexual sin, and you fight it each and every day. 
I know that there are people watching pornography in this room and you fight it each and every day. Every day you say, tomorrow I'll start afresh. Tomorrow I'll be free. Tomorrow I won't do it again. But you know you alone, your willpower alone is horribly insufficient. You need the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Roll your eyes to verse 7 of Genesis 39. Now it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast longing eyes at him. The opening words of Potiphar's wife to Joseph in Genesis 39, lie with me. I mean, sorry, just here as a heterosexual healthy man, that is a pretty inviting invitation for any man to want to engage with. The Bible says that he's young. He would have been strong, he would have been healthy, he would be at the peak of his powers and the opening invitation is lie with me. What's your response when temptation comes your way? Well, let's look at what Joseph's response was. Verse nine. How then could I do this great evil and sin against God? Joseph could have slept with her, nobody would have known. He could have indulged that temptation, he could have entertained that thought, nobody would have known. He would have had a piece of action, so to speak, nobody would have known. He would have paid no price there on the earth, but his desire was his relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. That overarched everything in his life. And bear in mind, he is in submission to this woman. This woman is his boss's wife. And yet his answer is, how can I do this great sin against God? Integrity is the currency of the kingdom, friends. Integrity is doing the right thing when nobody is looking. Because you know what that is? That's your heart on display. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Joseph spoke. How can I do this great sin against God? Do you know what he's saying? I value my relationship with God ahead of the possibility of entertaining any sin that he knew he could have done and got away with. We do sin that we know we're not going to get away with and we still do it. And so I wonder if your heart can be positioned like Joseph's today. He was being chased and harassed. You can read the story in your own time. At no point does he pursue her. She pursues him. Which leads me to my next point, verse 11. And this is not a cop-out for the men, by the way. Just to be clear, ladies, I'm on your side on this one. And it happened about this time when Joseph went into the house to do his work. Here's a thought for us, friends. Temptation is going to come to your door whether you're looking for it or not. You can be going about your day, you can be serving God, you can be honoring God in every area of your life. Temptation is still going to come your way. The challenge and question you have is how are you going to respond to it? Because in reality, he must have felt tempted at some point. It would have been considered very, very normal. And yet he chose not to entertain it. He decided in his heart that his relationship with God is more valuable. He ran away from the temptation rather than giving into it. So some learning outcomes for us. He demonstrated integrity. He honored the Lord in his purity and his actions when it would have been easier to give in. He drew a line in the sand before the temptation even arose. Can we say the same today? 
isn't it true that sometimes we entertain a thought, we entertain a conversation, maybe you're swapping, is it Snapchat, TikTok, I'm, I'm struggling to keep up, I'm old, you've got to bring me up to date with how you guys communicate. And you allow those conversations to grow and develop frequency, intimacy, times of day, to a point where maybe images are then swapped. What are you doing? Day by day, minute by minute, play by play, you're compromising. And you're allowing unhealthy, ungodly thoughts to enter your mind and heart that you may then subsequently choose to act on. Joseph is very clear. He ran away before the temptation even fully developed. Can I say something? You play with fire, eventually you're going to get burnt, friends. The goal is to maintain God's standard. Amen? The goal is not to entertain any thought like that. He actually knew God. He didn't just know about God. He knew God intimately and deeply and personally. Can I tell you, when you know someone deeply, intimately, personally, whether you're in a relationship, whether you're married, whether you're single, it does not matter. Know this, that you will always think twice about what you do, about what you say, before you act on those moments because you want to honor that person. For anyone that's married here, you would understand that. You would never want to do anything that would compromise your marriage or, or, or question the credibility of your relationship with that spouse. And so it's no different if you're single or you're desiring to be in a relationship here today. If you have a pure heart, that will lead to a pure body. Because when it comes to sin, this is the humbling reality. And as a pastor, I've had to deal with people's sin, people's challenges, people's struggles on a regular basis. I'll say this. When it comes to sin, whether you're a man or a woman, married, unmarried, the focus is always on what is being gained and it is never on what is being lost. It's a bit like being a criminal. You're inherently irrational. You don't examine risk and reward charts. You focus on what I can gain. And it breaks my heart because probably it's the biggest issue in the church is sexual sin. And some of us here are so deep into it, so embedded and ingrained in our lives that we think we're just going to have to live with it. I'm just always going to be like this. It's not your portion. It's not your reality. You can draw a line in the sand today and say no more. And the power of the Holy Spirit will enable you and empower you and equip you. If you're serious about your relationship, you're serious about your marriage, you have to decide to draw a line in the sand. You do it with sincerity and accountability. You need to essentially take proper care of your relationship with God. Now, I know what you're thinking. Oh, man, I've already drawn a line in the sand. I know what your next question is. How far is too far? What you're really saying is, how far can I go without sinning? Please tell me. <laughs> That's the reality. If you start your week, you start your day with this thought everything will walk in submission to it. Is what I'm doing or saying today going to enhance or damage God's reputation? That will shift your perspective because that's what Joseph did. He was like, I'm a man, 
even in the midst of great turmoil, great distress, he's under immense pressure to give in. He's like, no, I'm going to enhance God's reputation. There's nothing wrong with wanting sex. Amen? Wow. I thought that would get a stronger amen from the other pastor in the room. I'll say it again. There is nothing wrong with wanting sex with your spouse in the confines of marriage. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. That is the only context with which you should have sex or any sexual liaisons. Everything else is out of God's will for your life. Ask yourself, is any activity that you're currently engaged in today going to compromise your commitment to maintaining sexual purity? Do not deceive yourself and think, oh, well, you know, I'll just, I'll let this one slide or I'll entertain that thought or I'll go there, I'll do this. In those moments, you're compromising. And you know what that's going to do? It's on a sliding scale downwards where at the end of the day, we are going to end up living the way the world lives. Anything goes, do what you want with anything. If it feels right, go for it. Marriage is between one man and one woman. Amen? Okay, let's just be clear with that. Do not attempt to entertain anything and everything. We must decide to run away each and every time. We cannot draw up checklists of what we think is acceptable. There's not what you think is acceptable and what you guys think is acceptable. There is one standard, God's standard. And if you have to think about whether or not you should do something, you probably shouldn't do it. That would be a good starting point. But we're not wired that way. Because, you know, we got born again, but here's some breaking news. Your flesh did not. You are going to fight this each and every day until we go to glory, and then we're made perfect. At the end of the book of Jude, he says, on the day of our reckoning, he will present us spotless before the Father, which means we're going to struggle in this area. Now, the goal is to conquer it. Bible says we are more than conquerors. We can live in freedom and victory on this. You do not need to give in to temptation. You do not need to entertain every thought or every offer, every invitation. There's this thing on your phones called block. It's really useful. So ladies, if there's a man sending you messages, asking you to send him messages, right-click block. Amen. It's a very practical sermon today. (laughs) Gentlemen, treat any woman in the house of God the way you would want a man to treat your sister. And all the ladies said. Okay, so it's not one standard here and another standard on the other side of the room. Everything that we say and do should enhance God's reputation. Serious question. Are you motivated to maintain or re-attain the standard of sexual purity that God demands? And before you say, oh, yes, pastor. Okay. The easy bit is saying it. The harder bit is sometimes living it out. I've walked through it with the guys in my groups that I disciple. Sometimes I sit with them and I'm like, we're going to go through your Instagram. Fear sets in. And I'm like, I'm going to go through the names. You're going to tell me on the people you're following, not the people that follow you, the people you're following. That's your feed, not their feed. I'm not interested in their feed. I want to know how you know them. If they can't give me an honest answer, we delete. What do you talk about when you hang out with them? If you can't give me an honest answer, if I don't see Bible verses, delete. (laughs) Amen? 
Why do all your friends not seem to own any clothes? Delete. Amen. Because here's the thing. We think with our eyes. So if your feed is not filled with that stuff, you don't think about it. If your feed is filled with Bible verses and Pastor Andrew's sermon, Pastor Claudette's sermon, Pastor Mark's sermon, maybe this sermon, that's what you're going to feed on. Feed. A Facebook feed. It's feeding you. Hmm. Number three, protective boundaries. Boundaries, not barriers. God's word and the Holy Spirit will always direct you to what is acceptable and what is not. Like I said before, if you have to think about it, you probably should not get involved. Govern yourself well. Can I speak into this for a moment? Be accountable, not transparent. What's the same thing? No. Accountability is when you present something up front. Pastor Scott, that guy looked at me in the church and he smiled. Yes, he's married. (laughs) You shouldn't talk to him, right? I'm joking. Accountability is when you present something up front. Hey, I'm struggling with this. Pornography, for example. Transparency is when you tell me the next day when you phone me and say, hey, I watched it last night. Now, you might think that's the same thing. Not necessarily. Because in being accountable, you may get the support, the prayer, the encouragement not to do it that day. If you're just being transparent, I can't help. It's already happened. So we need to learn to set protective boundaries in our lives. Govern ourselves well. First rule for us, guard your heart. There is a place inside your heart that is specifically reserved for your spouse. Please don't let anybody else into that area, including people on the internet that you're never going to meet or see. Amen. Do not give access to areas of your heart or your life to people that haven't earned it. You then cannot never complain about being let down, about being rejected, about being disappointed. You need to set boundaries to protect you and your partner. They stop issues emerging. Barriers we see as something to overcome. Boundaries are healthy. You think about driving a car, there's three lanes, you've got these little white lines in between. Those white lines keep you safe on the road. It is exactly the same thing in our walk with God. We also need to limit how much time we spend alone. One of the biggest challenges with people that struggle with their sexual purity is they spend a lot of time alone. You can read it in Genesis. It's actually when Joseph is alone. He would have been in a compound, right? It would have been a massive compound, probably 10 to 12 foot high walls, one big out structure, which would have been the house. He's out working. She waits. You can read it in the scriptures. She waits until he is on his own. There's no other workers. That's when you are most vulnerable. And what does she do? She's chasing, she's ramping up her desires and her uh, motivation for him. And what does he do? Do you know what he does? He runs. I wonder how many of us as Christians run from temptation. Or is it something that we entertain in our hearts? Some of us need to be careful with what we watch. Some of us need to be careful with what we hear. Those things give way to unhealthy thoughts, ungodly thoughts, that will shape and change how we see women, how we see men, how we see each other in the body of Christ. God wants purity in his church, amen? 
God wants purity in our hearts, purity in our actions. He wants to see integrity at the forefront of our lives. You know, Joseph was prepared to pay the price. Just a bit of theology for you. In that time, there would have been no trial. There would have been no court, no witness accounts, nothing. Law at that time, a slave accused of interfering with a master's wife, his head would have been off before dawn the following morning. And he would have known that. He was prepared to pay the ultimate price for his conviction, irrespective of whether or not he entertained the temptation. Friends, in your own struggle, in your own heart, are you prepared to pay the price for your conviction? Are we prepared to set aside the lies of this world? Do you know sin is just an illusion, right? You know that. It's an illusion. It promises you something it can never deliver. And it's the only thing that separates us from God. And yet it's the only thing we seem to indulge in. It's, it's weird, isn't it? It's like Paul said, the very thing I promise I'm not going to do, he does. Oh, the thing I'm, I'm going to do this for you. No, you don't. Why? Because we're fighting. We're in this world, but we're not of it. I have found in my own life, in anything, when any habit, it could be this, it could be other areas of your life, could be alcohol, could be drug abuse, could be gambling, smoking, pick a topic. Until you come to a place where you recognize that this is something that is not of God and I don't want it in my life, you will spend the rest of your life just managing it. We are called to live in freedom, amen? Christ came to set us free, and whom the Son sets free is free indeed. It is not just a nice soundbite, it is a reflection of the Father's heart to you. The question is, do you want to walk in freedom? Or do you want that issue, that stronghold, that problem in your life to continue to define you? And it breaks my heart, because if you think of any other addiction, any other issue that the church might be contending with or a Christian might be struggling with, they are always defined by their problem. Someone with an alcohol, alcohol abuse, what do we call them? An alcoholic. The first thing that we do is we define them by their problem or their biggest issue. But they're actually a child made in the image and likeness of God. They're fearfully and wonderfully made. The God who flung stars into space knows the number of hairs on their head. He is intimately interested in every part of their life. And he's interested in your struggle. He's interested in your temptations. He's interested in the wrestling and the contending that you have in your heart where you want to live pure. And the, the Lord showed me yesterday when I was finishing up preparing this sermon that there are people in here, you're in a daily fight to live pure. Some of the um, outworkings of that are, are self-inflicted. But this is a real moment for us as a church. If we want to see the glory of God in our lives, we need to remind ourselves that our body belongs to the Lord. Our body belongs to the Lord. Amen? So in your heart, in your life, what do you need to surrender today? What addiction sexually? What thoughts 
have you had? What pages are on your Instagram? Who are you talking to and what are you talking about? If we don't surrender those habits, if we don't acknowledge that we are not exempt from temptation, then we are simply going to manage it. And yet, Joseph took decisive action. You can read it right the way through Genesis 39. It starts with just a little bit of flirting, and then she ramps it up, and then she steps it up. And then halfway through the story, she physically makes contact. She grabs a piece of cloth that would literally have covered his private parts. So he would have ran away naked. But there was no way that he was going to sin against his God. That woman was not his wife. I wonder where you are today. Can you look, turn and run away from the temptations that might be in your life? When you get home in the privacy of your home, where you think nobody else sees, God knows and sees everything. He sees you're going in and you're coming out. I believe that there's an opportunity for us this afternoon to allow genuine repentance. After repentance comes restoration. After restoration, we are fully returned to the Lord. And by the way, there is no one in the room that's exempt from this. This is not a sermon just for young men or young women, unmarried people versus married people. This is, afflicts everyone, potentially. And so just in the stillness of this place, I wonder if you could bow your head with me this afternoon. The word of God declares in Psalm 119, your statutes are my delight. They are my counselors. Psalm 119 verse 112 says, I am determined to keep your decrees to the very end. And so in the stillness of this place, I want to ask you to reflect in your own life on three specific areas. What are your desires? Is the greatest desire in your heart to be with God, to reflect God? How is your determination to deal with the temptations in your life? Do you take the Christian response and, oh, well, it's always going to be there. I'm just going to have to manage that and accept that. Or are you determined to overcome? Have you taken action that would reflect that? And then the final aspect is, how is your discipline? When you think about COVID, we lived at home, we lived online. The statistics are overwhelming that the struggle with pornography went up hugely in that season. Discipline, learning to stick to your decision to honor God with your body and your mind as well, no matter what. Because without God, none of us would be where we are. Our help comes from him. Psalm 121 says, My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. And so, Father, as I bring this to a close, I pray that you would speak to each heart, speak to each mind, cleanse each person from all unrighteousness, Mold us by your Holy Spirit. Illuminate the places that we need to stop going to. 
the people that we need to stop contacting, the things that we need to stop looking at, the thoughts that we no longer need to have. Father, would you remove every spirit of shame? Would you remove every spirit of condemnation and bring conviction? Would the spirit of compromise be banished out of our hearts and lives? Would the spirit of complacency be banished out of our hearts and lives in this place? In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, in conclusion, what you confront in your life, you will conquer. What you fail to confront, you will eventually compromise on and you will conform to. And what you practice, you'll get good at. Good things and bad things. So if you practice going to the wrong places, engaging in the wrong conversations, you're going to get really good at that. If you practice not doing those things, you're also going to get really, really good at that. Be prepared to pay the price for your conviction. And here's a final thought. Most of us, I know this certainly is, is, is the case for me, most of us would change our behavior if we recognize the consequence, the impact that that behavior was having. The challenge for most of us is that we don't think we need to change our behavior because we don't see the impact that our behavior is having. If that was somehow illuminated to us, we would change it in an instant. Amen? Amen. So guys, I want to invite you to stand. I'm not going to call anyone forward. I was very clear in my heart on that. But as the worship team come, I want you to take these moments, encounter God, return to the Lord, repent, be restored, and learn to walk in your convictions and walk away from temptation before it arises, not try and deal with it after it arises. Amen? Praise God.